I think I'm facing the wrong way. What is going on around here? The passage I want to use this morning is out of the Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Early in the day, while it was still dark, when Mike and Eric Roberts got here, oh wait, no, that's... It was dark when you guys got here. <laughs> Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, which is ironic because that's John who wrote this gospel, who is the one who won't call himself by his name. But he will say that Jesus loved me. So, And said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So not only <laughs> is he loved by Jesus, he's faster than Peter. So, <laughs> But he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter showed up five minutes later and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they didn't understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. When she'd said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which is to say teacher or rabbi. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. First go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So word of God for all people everywhere. Amen. So it's a privilege this morning to be here. It's a, it's a glorious morning. It's, it's, a, it's beautiful and, and sooner or later the sun's going to crest those trees. <laughs> I just know it's going to happen. It's glorious because of the sun, but it's also glorious because of the Son, the Son of God, our Savior, Jesus the Christ, our Messiah, the one who saved us, who took on death, broke its hold on us to where we no longer need to fear death, and, 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 and gives us an eternity for all who call upon His name. And this morning we also celebrate the outlandishness of our faith. When you think about what we're claiming, right? Because we're claiming that a man who lived for 30 plus years was killed, actually dead, put into a tomb that they rolled a big old rock in front of, 
And then they went, and the tomb was open. Nobody had moved the rock that they knew of. And that man who was actually dead is now risen. That's pretty crazy. Pretty outlandish claim that we're making. And many claim, because of the outlandishness of that, that that could not have happened. But here's the thing. Our New Testament scripture were written within one generation of the event happening. Oftentimes you'll you'll see in, in older documents hundreds of years before they're actually written down and then legend can creep in. But for us, the evidence is that you cannot believe what it says, but what you can't rationally argue is that it doesn't say what the, what the writers meant it to say. This is a claim that, that John is making, and, and, and we have verification close enough to the actual event that he meant what he said. This is not something that he made up. And all the Gospels claim a risen Lord, a risen Lord. If it was meant to be a fable, by the way, you would not have chosen a woman. Sorry, sorry, ladies. But you would not have chosen a woman to be the first to the tomb. Because back then, now it's different, but back then, women didn't really count that much when it came to things like this. They were second-class citizens. They were not in leadership positions. It was... Men. So if I was going to make it up, I would not have chosen Mary Magdalene to be the one who went to the tomb. Because she didn't have credibility. But, woman, why are you weeping? They've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him. She was the first to the tomb. And she's weeping and that makes sense because if, if someone that you love had been put in the tomb and she was there with the spices and the things to, to prepare the body. And now he's gone. You would be hurt. You would be devastated by that. You would be, you would be weeping. And Jesus said to her, Why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? And I love this part. She thinks he's a gardener. Supposing him to be the gardener, I don't know how many gardeners work in the tombs that day, but apparently he was one of them. Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him. I won't even tell on you. Just tell me where he is so that I can take care of the business of preparing the body. And then he said one word. He said, Mary. And that one word is what I really want to focus on this morning. Because when Jesus calls our name, everything changes. And everything changed for Mary at the calling of her name. As we go through life, there are a lot of different people in our lives who call out our names, right? Now, my mom it comes to mind, obviously, first. And if she said, Mike, you know, that was okay. You know, so that's good. However, Michael Leonard Devine! <laughs> You know, yeah, some of y'all know. If that middle name works its way in there, you, you, you move. You move fast. At school, our teachers would call our name similarly, you know, and it might be, Mike, I need to talk to you. 
or it'd be Mike. Good job. And Kit will call my name. And sometimes that's a really good thing. And sometimes it's I know I'm in trouble. I don't always know why. The first person that Jesus spoke to on that Easter morning, the first Easter, is Mary. And it's so important how he called her name. Not just that she was a woman, but that Jesus focused on her and, and on, on drawing her into his life. A little bit about Mary. Mary was the one that had Jesus had driven seven demons out of her. And in gratitude... For that healing in her life, Mary had chosen to follow Jesus, which was something that other rabbis would not have allowed either. Because rabbis, in the, it was male. You, women were not allowed to follow a rabbi back then. But Jesus turned that upside down too. Mary provided financial support for Jesus. We know that Mary was at the foot of the cross with the other Mary. When Jesus was taken down when he was put up and when he was put in the tomb. And early that morning when she went to the tomb, the other gospel writers tell us they'd gone there with other women to properly treat Jesus' body with the spices that they had brought with them. But when they got there and that stone had been rolled away, Mary went back immediately to Peter and to John to, to tell them something has happened to Jesus' body. And they went running and then they left, but Mary stayed there. She stayed there because she still was looking for, for Jesus. And even after two angels spoke to her, she didn't recognize Him until He called her name. And then she went back to share that good news with the other disciples and it changed their life. So the core of what I'm talking, what I talk about this morning is really simple. When Jesus calls your name, when God calls your name, you will be changed. You will be changed. A couple of things about that. When Jesus called Mary's name, it did something else for her. It confirmed the resurrection. She knew he was dead. She knew that he had been put in the ground. And when he called her name and she recognized him, she knew as well that he was no longer in the ground. It confirmed for her that he had risen from the cross. This is the woman who had been at the foot of the cross on that day. She knew. She knew what had happened. She saw the soldier with the spear piercing his side. She knew when they took him down that he was not breathing. She knew he was, he was gone. And in one word, Mary, she knew he was no longer dead, but was alive. It confirmed the resurrection. It was the only possibility. Jesus had risen from the, de from the dead. For us in these days, we know the story. So it's like, well, yeah. But back then, they had no idea. They expected once He was gone, they were devastated because all that ministry and all that promise was gone. But one word, Mary. And is He calling your name? Anne. My daughter. Paul had this to say about the importance of the resurrection. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. 
and you're still in your sins. The resurrection is the key point for us as Christians. If it didn't happen, there is no reason for us to be here. It's our hope. It's the, 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 the resurrection gives us eternal life. It gives us hope that even when we go through stuff here, this is a temporary place, which is the next message at 1030. Come and hear it. Um, we have such hope in Christ. And I know a lot of people are willing to lie. But I don't know very many that are willing to, to lie all the way to death. I saw an article. It's Easter week, so you see a lot of articles. And uh, Charles Colson, I think it was, who wrote that Watergate proves that the resurrection is true. He's like, what? And, and his point was this. He said 12 disciples were, most of which, except for John, were martyred, took to their death this the message of the gospel. They didn't back out of it at once. It only took a couple of months for the Watergate scandal and that, and that group to, to fall apart and start backstabbing each other and 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 and, and that whole con- if it was a conspiracy it would have fallen apart. But it didn't. It didn't. Something happened. Something big enough to be worth dying for happened. And what do we believe that is, Miss Carol? Resurrection. Christ rose. And that when Jesus calls our name, that's one of the things that it confirms for us is that 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 the reality of the resurrection. It also confirms that he creates a new relationship with us. That Mary's relationship with Jesus was transformed in that moment. See, I mentioned earlier, but it, it's true. I would have chosen Caiaphas, or I would have chosen Herod, or I would have chosen Pilate himself if I were going to send somebody to the grave so that I would have someone of status to be able to verify the resurrection and verify that Jesus had risen. So by choosing Mary, I think that's intentional. Jesus is making a point, and it's an important point for us in the church today. When he called Mary's name, he's saying that every person has worth in his sight. Every person has worth in his sight. It doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter if they're wealthy or they're poor, white, black, brown, male, female. doesn't matter. Every person has worth in the sight of God. There was nothing really significant about Mary. But in Jesus' eyes, there was great significance. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me. And when Jesus calls our name, that's what happens. He calls us into a personal, intimate communal relationship. He loves you. He loves you beyond understanding in our minds. And He wants us to have that relationship with Him. And the resurrection made it possible for us to enter into that relationship. So when He calls our name, He confirms the reality of the resurrection, creates the possibility for a brand new relationship, But there's one more piece. 
It calls for my response. Did you know Jesus is not going to twist your arm to have you come to, come to faith in him? Dude? He's not going to go, okay, you got to believe. Not going to happen. It gives each of us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to say yes to that relationship, to move into a, a new place in our life, to let the old die and the new begin. He offers that to us, but it's up to us. And we can do, I think, four things with that. First is we can ignore it. Mary could have ignored Jesus. She could have not recognized him or, or even when she did, just not believe it, right? She could have doubted it. She gone, this just this isn't logical. This doesn't make sense. I saw him dead. Something's wrong with me. She could have just rejected it outright. A lot of people these days just reject even the possibility. But Mary chose option four. She chose to embrace Jesus, to embrace who he is, to embrace his message. And she certainly didn't understand in that moment what that meant. She just knew that he had indeed been raised from the dead and that he had, and his resurrection provided her with the opportunity to have a, 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 an intimate relationship. And each of us has that same opportunity every day. Every day we can either reject, ignore, doubt, or we can embrace. And I'm not saying that there won't be days that we doubt. There are days, days that I have doubts. I'm like, okay, God, where are you? And that's where our faith comes in. That's where that communal relationship comes in. We need each other. We need each other, especially in those moments when, when we're just, we have a moment of uncertainty and, and I don't know what to do, but I can go to Debbie and I can go, Debbie, I'm having a rough day and I, and, and I don't know what to do with that. And Debbie will say, I don't either. <laughs> or she can give me some insight from her own experience. Or we, we can commiserate together, but there's a strength between us that I don't have and she doesn't have. There's a strength when the body of Christ is doing the things that God has called us to do and being the body of Christ that doesn't happen alone. We need one another. When anyone is missing from the body of Christ, we are not as strong as we could be if we were all there. So this morning, we're, we're celebrating this morning. It's, it's awesome and... And now I look that way and I, all I see is spots. <laughs> We're celebrating the rise of Jesus, the rise of the Son of God and His love for you. So as we go through this day, remember Him. Remember who He is. Remember this relationship that He's calling you to. Grab hold of the resurrection because, yes, he rose from the dead, but some of us have stuff in our life that needs to die and be raised to something new. And that's okay because that's part of our journey together. That's, the way, that's what life is. You know, who I was 25, 30, 40 years ago, I am not today, and I am grateful for that. Um, trust me, I'll show you a journal sometime. You'll be grateful for it, too. Um, we are on a journey. We're going to continue to grow. We're supposed to grow. 
We're not just supposed to stay babies our whole life. Any of y'all still on the bottom? No. Why? Because we grow, we mature, and, and we become <laughs> adults. And that's what our faith needs as well. We need to grow and become adult Christians and mature Christians. Being perfect doesn't mean we do it right all the time. It's a, the word is teleos, which means to be mature. And we are to be mature in our faith. And that's what we're called to. And I hope that we remember that on this day. Michael, if you, you and Eric would come. We're going to sing some more praise.